Hey, you guys, this is Heidi St. John. Thank you for joining me today at the Busy Mom Podcast. I want to give you all a heads up. Uh, you met at the last podcast, you met my friend Pam, and she's in the studio today talking with uh, about abortion. And for those of you who have young children around, I just want to let you know, just like I do whenever there's a sensitive topic that we're going to, I'm just going to give you a heads up that we are talking about uh, an actual abortion today. So if you're listening to this and you have a little one who may not be, uh, who, who, well, I would say if you're listening to this and you have a little one, I would say turn it off and listen to it later when your kids are asleep, just so that you understand that the topic that we're talking about today is really tender and we're going to be pretty honest about uh, the procedures itself and uh and just having kind of a, a real honest conversation. So um, I want to just let you know that that's happening. And I want to invite Pam back to the broadcast today. Pam, thank you for coming back today. Thanks for inviting me. You're welcome. And so we ended the last uh, podcast by just talking about what led up to you making this decision to get an abortion. And you'd said that you felt like the Lord had given you opportunities. Now, um, I'm when you said you felt the Lord, do you, would you feel like you were really walking with the Lord at this point no. in your life? So no. it's looking back that you just go, yes. okay. Yeah. I think that's an important distinction because I think sometimes we feel like uh, we hear from the Lord and then the, the enemy sort of sets in and he makes us feel all of this guilt. And I think it's important for what you're saying in looking back at your life is to go, God never left you. He was there the whole time. He was there the whole time. So what happened after that? So now you you're at the hospital. Are you alone? Or were you with anyone? I was I was alone until um, probably about six o'clock. And this is something that I I would love people to know about my dad. He loved me so much mm. that he stayed with me through the whole wow. thing. And I know that had to have been really hard for him. Um, when I first got to the hospital, they told me that there wasn't space for me yet, so I had to wait. And um, when they when they brought me into a room, they, and I could be getting some of the details wrong, but I know they, they had to insert something to, for dilation, and I think it was some kind of seaweed. Um, and then... And this was 1974. 74. And so ultrasounds weren't available. I think possibly if I would have had one, maybe I would have... And if I would have seen the baby, because mm -hmm. I hadn't felt life yet. So if, if I would have seen the baby, that it may have made a difference. I might have decided I couldn't go through with it. But anyway, they, they came in and they um, they told me what they were going to do, but they didn't tell me what it was going to do. So in other words, they had a, a long needle. I don't know how long it was, maybe six inches full of a solution that they said was saline and they were going to insert it into my abdomen. And, and, and clear up until this point, all I was thinking was, okay, this is just going to end, end this pregnancy. I'm not thinking in terms of the baby. Because and really, they that's really kind of what they're doing it. today, too. I mean, when you hear Planned Parenthood talk about abortion, mm -hmm. they really do it in very sterile terms. Right. If the baby's not a baby, it's a fetus. You're not having they, – they they don't really even use the term abortion a whole lot. It's a procedure. Yeah. And we hear the sort of sanitized version of what's really going on. And that was kind of your experience at the hospital. Right. Yeah. So when they, when they inserted this needle, it, it hurt a lot. Um, and they, they drew it out, and I would say it was probably maybe 
two or three minutes later, I started feeling, and I remember ringing for the nurse because I was confused as to what was going on because I started feeling all this thumping Mm. movement in my, my stomach, my abdomen. And I was so naive. I didn't understand that that was my baby. That was my baby being burned to death. So I went into labor. Um, I would say it was, you know, early afternoon, maybe three, three o'clock. And my father showed up about six as soon as he finished his, um, his job. And he came to the hospital and he stayed with me clear up until, I don't know, maybe three o'clock in the morning. I think he probably left to go home. And it wasn't too long after that that I was able to deliver. So it was a regular, it was a long labor process. Um, the nurse that was working with me, she was kind, but I could tell there was something about her that she didn't really want to be there. And and this may seem really strange to, to your listeners, but after it was all over, I asked her, "What? what is it? You know, what's, what is my baby? And she looked at me incredulously and just said, you want to know? Mm. And I said, yes. And she told me it was a boy. So I don't know what happened to that nurse, but I really believe that she's no longer doing abortions because there was something about her that this was really hard for her to do. Um, afterwards I was depressed and I didn't know why, because I should be thankful that it's over. My dad came to pick me up to take me home and I told him I was just really depressed. And finally he just said, you have to snap out of it. You know, he was being logical, just trying to get me back on track so that I wouldn't, but I couldn't, I was just, I was so down for, weeks. And this is really Um, another thing. I think, you know, as you and I have had this conversation before, that's sort of, it it always sort of takes me back a little bit because that's not the narrative that we hear very often in the culture. We just hear, oh, you go in this procedure and then you just get on with your life. But it's not as simple as that. It's, it's not. And I, and I finally did get on with my life, obviously, but I was never the same. Mm -hmm. I was, I, if I partied before, it was even more afterwards. I was promiscuous. I was not, um, you know, this was in a, a different time in, in our culture, too, where, you know, there was just a lot of drugs and alcohol and free sex and all that stuff. So that was, I was just a part of that. And it was a way to shut out right the memories. And um, it was... It it's never left left me. You know, I, I've I've gotten past the the guilt part of it just because I know the I know the Lord now and I know that I'm forgiven, but the trauma of what I went through, the responsibility that I have of ending a life will never leave me. It's always gonna be there. Mm. 
And it seems like as we as we talk about this issue, and I know, you know, we were talking about abortion statistics a while ago, just under a million abortions were performed in the United States last year alone. So this is not something that's that um, is going away. It's continuing. I think abortion is definitely declining, but it's continuing. I think part of the reason it continues is because we, we're not acknowledging the very real human toll that abortion takes, not just on the baby, which is obvious, but also on the mother. Because even though you've said, you know, you know, you experienced that forgiveness from the Lord, the, the sting and that regret is always there. And that hurts. Well, and you feel like you, well, at least I do. I feel like I robbed my father of his first grandchild, robbed my children of their older brother. I don't know what what he would have been, who he would have been. But you do know (laughs) that you're going to get to see him again. Yes. Yeah. I think it's important, and uh, we we've been, you know, talking about this is this is a hard this is a hard one, and uh, I want to read the Psalms to you because I think it's important for us when we're hurting and struggling, and we've done things that we feel like we're never going to get over. Um, the Bible says it's good that we talk about it. It's here's David. He said, "When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through groaning all day long." For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. And then I acknowledged my sin, and you did not cover up my iniquity. I love the heart of the psalmist, because listen to what God does. I, he, so David says, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. And the thing that is so amazing about God is that he, there are no qualifiers on God's forgiveness. When we when we take our stuff to the Lord, no matter what it is, no matter how much hurt uh, we've inflicted on ourselves or on somebody else, God says, I'm right there for you, and I'm going to forgive you. And God takes a broken spirit, and he can produce joy out of it. This is the These are the promises that we get uh, from the Word of God over and over again, that he's a healer. And I think I, I so appreciate, Pam, your willingness to just say, this is what it is. Because as much as we want to sanitize it, as much as we want to say it's not that big of a deal, it's a huge deal. And for all these women who stand up in front of courthouses with their choice signs and their banners and they wave, there is a very real cost involved when you choose to take the life of another human being. And I think as a country, we have, and this is why that blog post bothered me so much as we have said not to let this overburden our conscience and yet because we are made in the image of God we can't help it we you know we we are, we are responsible for our actions before the Lord and I really appreciate you taking the time to just say this this actually hurts and for women to hear it in your voice as I can see it you know on your face and you and I've had this conversation I remember the very first time you ever talked to me about this it was a while ago now wasn't it it's last been- year yeah, I think it's been a year. And you gave me a letter. It was it had you had emailed to me and said this is my story and I literally read that and just I I just wept. And I remember thinking, why why is this not the the narrative that we're hearing on the news? Why is it that in the name of choice we're not only hurting our babies but we're hurting their mothers as well? And I think that is something I really want to um, bring out of this discussion with you, is that the pain, even though there's forgiveness for it, the pain never really goes away. Yeah, it was it's 44 with you. years ago. Wow. This month. It's a long time. 
a long time. Well, I'm going to, I want to end this, this particular uh, podcast by just um, reminding everybody who's listening that God understands our sorrow. He understands our weeping. Uh, Jeremiah 31, 15 says, this is what the Lord said. A voice is heard in Ramah, mourning and great weeping, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because her children are no more. The Bible goes on to say that when God hears our sorrow and our weeping, he literally bends down from heaven to listen. He bends down from heaven. I think when when the Lord looks at you, Pam, he he just he loves you so much for your willingness to just bring it before the Lord and say, "Hey, forgive me and restore my life," because that's what He came to do. He came for all of us. He came for our brokenness that you and I have shared uh, a couple of times. You know, we came from very different places. I came from a very broken home. And it created in me a level of um, anxiety that ended up putting me on medication for most of my adult life. And I've spent my entire life um, seeking after the healing that really only comes from the Lord. And so for those of you who are listening to this today and you are struggling, uh, either you've you've had an abortion, um, I, I guess I want to just speak to the women. And I think, Pam, you can help me do this too, that the, those women who are listening to this today and they've experienced that pain and they're living with that regret, but they don't know the Lord. What would you say to that woman? That there is forgiveness. There's healing. That you can love yourself again. Mm-hmm. But it only comes through accepting God's love mm-hmm. and his acceptance and his healing. And God makes things new. God's the one who saves us from our own, from our sorrow even, mm-hmm. and steps down. There's a verse in the Bible, I wish I had uh, taken better notes and I would have had the reference, but there's a verse in the Bible that says that God captures our tears uh, in, in a bottle. When I first read that, I thought about all the tears in my life, you know, things that I've cried over, things that I felt like you know God wasn't there, He didn't hear. And I realized what the psalmist was saying was that it matters to God. Every tear that we cry Every um, every he hears the anguish of mankind, and it's why he sent Jesus. And I was thinking about uh, what Pastor Jeremy said in church a couple of weeks ago that uh, that everything about God can be seen on the cross, which is why the cross is so beautiful as believers. Every attribute of God can be seen through the sacrifice of His Son, His love, His forgiveness, His justice. His mercy, His wrath, His kindness, all of these attributes came together in one sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And that's the, the message that women need to hear, that God is a, he's a, he's a God of forgiveness, and he's a, he's a restorer and a healer. So Pam, would you come back one more time? I want to talk a little bit about what that looks like. What does it look like to move on um, when you've experienced something so painful and find the healing yes, of God? Would I'll you come, come back, back and... Awesome. So we're going to we're going to come back and do this one more time. For those of you who are listening uh, to this today and you want more information on how you can help the pro-life movement, I have been speaking for several years now uh, for an organization called Save the Storks and you can go to savethestorks.com. They take actual uh, their buses sort of um 
these Freightliner buses and they take them around. They're equipped with ultrasound machines and they go park them on college campuses. They park them down the streets from abortion clinics and they let women who are considering abortion come and see their baby on an ultrasound. And the statistics show that women who can see their babies on ultrasound, eight, over 80% of them will choose not to have an abortion uh, because uh, just seeing the humanity of a child within inside of you is a really important thing. So if you're, if you're listening to this today and you're wondering how you can get involved. Uh, that's one really uh, positive, good way to do it. Also, you can you can get uh, Save the Stork gear. You can wear shirts. We do it all the time in our family. If you ever see Instagram pictures of our family that say things like, um, stay calm and save a stork, that's what that is. And their mission really is saving the storks, which are the mothers, and really um, preventing them from stories like the one you're hearing from Pam today and trying to prevent these women from living with the pain of an abortion. So uh, check them out, savethestorks.com, and I'll see you back here next time. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.